Well, good morning. Good to see everybody. My name is Harold. If I didn't get a chance to meet you out there in the lobby, I'm the campus pastor here. And uh, just a couple real quick reminders. We've got baptism next Sunday. Uh, I know we have three individuals that have signed up so far. I know we've had a number of people over the last uh, three weeks or so place their faith in Christ. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some others sign up for that. You can do that at ohiograce.com, go to events, go to Northwood, find the baptism thing, click on it, sign up, uh, or you go to church, your church center, center app. Um, also, we've got communion coming up on the 17th, and so we just want to make you aware of that, so you're here celebrating communion with us. Uh, and we have the Grow class coming up uh, on the 23rd, uh, Saturday. It's, it's 9 to about noon-ish, we'll get you out of here usually before noon. There's food, because everybody needs food. And then we look into how to study the Bible, how to read it, study it, how to understand it better. Uh, We look at what prayer is, uh, what fellowship is, the need for church connection, as well as uh, what giving is, because a lot of people have concerns about, um, you know, giving and what the Bible says about offering and and that kind of stuff. So uh, we have one person signed up for that. So I hope there's more of you that are going to sign up for that. It's a great class. Uh, it's a good time. So if you've already taken it years ago, feel free to take it again as a, as a reminder. Uh, we're doing a series called Sketchy Views of God and the different views people have that are not accurate about who God is. And so this morning, I'm going to start out with, um, maybe this is you, I've had conversations with people where this has happened, that they, their parents had told them that uh, they're going to get divorced. And so... Uh, they begin to pray. The kids begin to pray and pray and pray and ask God to make sure that their parents don't get divorced. And yet, the parents end up making a decision uh, to end their marriage. Uh, I've talked to other people who've had where they've a loved one is sick and and dying, and so they begin to pray and ask God, you know, heal them, um, help somebody, help them, do whatever, Lord, but help them get over this and not die. And sadly, the individual. Um, ended up dying. Maybe you haven't had those situations. Maybe your situation is you've seen what happened in Hawaii and you're wondering how in the world does a loving, caring God allow a fire to sweep through a town, killing almost everybody in that town. Thousands are still missing. Uh, Or the flooding and the hurricane stuff that happened in Florida or all the shootings that we have in our towns. How does a a loving and caring God allows something like that. So I got a true and false for you. And that's the fact that bad things happen to us or others proves that God is uncaring. Is that a, a true or a false statement? Well, as we'll find out today, that that is a false statement. God does care, and He actually cares so much that He uses the bad things that happen in our lives to work in our lives, and we'll talk about what that is. But this is a huge issue for people. If you're in the habit of having spiritual conversations with people, which I hope you are, you'll have somebody bring this up, because this is huge for people. They're having a hard time understanding how God could be loving, and yet allow these difficult things to happen. But what makes it more important is that in many cases it it holds somebody back from receiving what God has for them and that is that forgiveness of sin that 
reconnection with God and having a restored relationship with God. And it's, they're missing that opportunity because they have a sketchy view of God. They have a wrong view of God. We need to be able to answer this question for them. So I'm not just up here, as you know, I get paid by the word. And so I'm not just paying my bills this morning. I'm giving you information that you can then take to other people. And so as you have conversations, like I've had conversations, we can have the information so they will then be able to turn to God to receive that relationship that he's offering him. Now, so don't miss this point. If, if you don't listen to anything else today, um, you know, I know football starting and college football started yesterday and everyone's in, but, you know, so if you start going, I wonder, just get this one point. This issue of a relationship with God, restoring that relationship, that is what drives God. We know that God is all about His glory, and we've talked about this, that He wants to reveal who He is and show who He is, and it's, and it's about us turning to Him. But it, part of that, a big part of that, is us in relationship with Him, having that relationship with Him. And so even the bad things that happen are part of that drive of His to get our attention and to, for us to turn to Him and to receive that relationship that He's offering that forgiveness of sins and eternity in heaven. In fact, look what Paul says in uh, his first letter he wrote to Timothy, one of his um, uh, interns, I guess you could call him, or residents or uh, apprentice. He said this, and he's referring to praying for those in authority specifically, but praying in general, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved. And now he's talking about mankind, not just men, but men and women, who desires all mankind to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, what is the truth? Well, here it is. There is one God and one mediator also between God and men, between you and me and God, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom. And he paid what it cost to free us from sin and from hell. So he, he paid the ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. And so, it may not be comforting, in one sense this morning, to hear that the, the bad things are going to continue to happen, because we live in a, a fallen world. But the great thing about that is that it's God who uses those things to restore that relationship, to get our attention. So let me just go all the way back to the beginning, um, and kind of remind us, and maybe for some of you it's the first time you've heard us, as to why our world is in the mess that it is. So God created, God created, um, at the end of this, uh, the six days, he creates uh, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve are perfect. There's no sin in them. They, every, they're just perfect. They, uh, you know, they're in connection with God. They're, they have a, a spirit that is spiritually alive in that sense. And they have a relationship with God and they're obedient to God. And God's provided for them everything they need. And then they were going to be given a choice whether they were going to obey God or not. So God, God wants us to freely choose Him. He gives, he gives humans free will. He has free will. We have free will. We're created in His image. And so He, he gives them free will. And so they're going to have to make a choice. And the choice is, do we continue in this right state with God, in this relationship with God, and obey him, and in that, continue to have his protection, continue to have his provision, um, or 
and again, doing that, they're going to be managing, kind of a key thing here, they're going to be managing what he's given them. And he gave them this garden to work in. Or they could disobey. They could choose to not do what God says. They can choose to take what God has given them and mismanage it. They can do what they want to do. They could choose to be God instead of God and do what they want. And so we have this play out, and here's how it goes down. So God created man, again, Adam and Eve, and through them, us, in his own image. We talked about this last week. So we're similar to God. We're not identical. If you want more about that, listen to last week's message. But we're created in his image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Again, so there's, despite what the world is trying to tell us, there are only two genders or two sexes, male and female. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So this is what they're supposed to do, and fill the earth and subdue it. They're supposed to bring it under control, which, interesting, right now it's not out of control, right? It's perfect. So it's almost like God's foreshadowing that something's going to happen by giving him this responsibility. And rule over it, which has this idea of govern or manage the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then the Lord God took the man, this is prior to creating Eve, and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. Now, I'm not going to get into this real deep. I was was planning on doing that, and I thought, well, I don't want to get into the weeds, but... So I just paraphrased it here at the bottom. Now, if, if, if you're a first-time attender or someone who's attended for a while and you easily forget things, just a reminder, I, I'm the one who puts the comma or the uh, parentheses in there. I'm the one who bowls these words. I do it because that's how I study the Bible. It helps me kind of focus in because I have a tendency to read and forget real easy. And so I kind of brought it into my messages, uh, and people have told me they have liked it. So I continue uh, to do it. So anyways, this idea of put him into the Garden of Eden, Why, why, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the clarifications. <laughs> Sandy, you're awesome. Really appreciate it. I've got a little cold going on, too, so I'm a little foggy-headed, so it should be an interesting message this morning. But anyways, so, so back to this whole idea of being put in a garden, cultivate and keep it. Like the word put there in Hebrew is only ever used about something being placed before God being in right position before God, which is kind of an interesting thing. So anyways, so we're created, go, go back please. So we're created to worship, know, and reveal God through managing what he's given us, our garden, as he commands. So if you're wondering, what's my purpose on this earth? Well, ultimately your purpose is, and if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, that's the first step to get to this point. But we are created first to worship God. And we do that by getting to know him, and then revealing him to others, because we are his representatives to, this, uh, to creation, through managing what he's given us. Everything that you have, we'll talk about this in a little bit, everything that you have, everything I have is, is God's, ultimately. It's not ours. We're supposed to manage it the way he wants us to. All right, anyways, a little free information there for you. So the Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One thing, you know, don't do one thing. Um, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you shall surely die. Now he's talking there. That word means to not just die physically at some point in the future, but they're going to die spiritually. That relationship with God would be severed. They'd be separated from God if they chose to 
move outside of that relationship. <clears throat> Next one. When the woman saw, okay, so, so God's going to give them now the choice. So um, Eve is now created. Uh, he tells Adam, hey, leave your father and mother, be joined to your wife, and two of you should become one. And they, were, uh, they stood there naked, and they were not ashamed. And what that means is that they were fully focused on the other person because they're they are perfect in their relationship. And then Satan comes along, and Satan says, hey, yeah, did, did God really say that? So he's going to throw some doubt in there. And he's going to say, did God really say that? So, so that Adam and Eve would be kind of like, wait, is God holding something back? Is God's way the best way, really? Maybe he's holding back for me. Maybe if I do this thing the way I think I should do it, it'll actually be better for me. So when the woman saw, again, so now she's deciding, the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes. I mean, this is good for her. And that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she's going to, understand some new things she took from its fruit and ate and she gave also to her husband with her and he ate and then the eyes of both of them were opened uh, they the, now they're really understanding they knew good right they knew perfection and good but now they're going to know evil god knows evil but he can handle evil because he is infinite infinitely powerful man can't handle evil and we weren't ever supposed to until they chose to go that way. And they knew that they were naked. They became fully focused on self. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. So they, they covered themselves up. And then you, can, you can read the rest of Genesis 3. You can read the rest of the Bible. And you can just read the rest of history as to what that decision to move outside of what God said to do to choose to be the God of their life, how that's impacted mankind. So prior to sin, they were perfect. They were alive spiritually. They were connected with God. God gives them a choice. He wants all of us to have a free will choice whether we're going to follow him or not. And when they chose to disobey God, they then became the gods of their life. They were the ones who were going to be responsible for themselves. And so spiritual death came. They were separated from God. There's no relationship there. Unless God initiated, there was nothing there. And it needed to be judged because they had broken God's law. And just like anybody in our world, in our towns that break the law, we want to see them before a judge. You want to see the judge give him a proper sentence. I'm not saying it happens anymore in our country, but that's the kind of how we want it to be. Except when it's us, you know. Then we're kind of like, hey, be lenient. Physical death. They would, you'll see, that they'll have germs and disease and weakened bodies. And eventually they would have died and they died physically. Their relationships would be dying in a sense because they'd be self-focused. They used to be, when they were perfect, other-focused. Caring about the other person, not caring about themselves. But suddenly now, you can read in Genesis 3, they, they become self-focused. And then there's a disruption of God's natural laws. That all the, the way the world was supposed to operate is no longer operating the way it's supposed to. We call them acts of God, but really it's the fault of man. You know, It's not an act of God that these things happen. In fact, Paul talks about this in Romans 8. He says, for the creation was subjected to futility. Uh, in this other sense, it's, it's, becoming, it's going to become worthless in a sense because of, because of sin. It's not going to last. 
the earth eventually will be destroyed, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption to the freedom of the glory of the children of God, which is something that will happen in the future. For we know that the whole creation, here's kind of the key point, for we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. So I've never had a child. I know it's surprising for some of you, um, but I haven't. But Kim has, and I've been there. Um, I've experienced her going through this, and, and I remember, it's been a while ago now, but um, I remember that initially the pains were just kind of un- being uncomfortable, and she would be kind of, oh, 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 I mean, what? No, what? I don't know what it is. What is? What's going on? And then eventually it get worse and worse, and, you know, labor pains. Oh, man, we got to get you to the hospital. So you get to the hospital, you know, nowadays they make it really easy on you ladies. No, they give her an epidural and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, but the pain got worse and worse and worse until the blessing showed up. And we had three of them. Three blessings. Um, yeah, three blessings. Anyways, well, that's what's going to happen to our world. Creation, these um, issues that we're seeing in, in these natural disasters that happen... They're going to get worse and worse and worse until the blessing comes, which is Jesus Christ. And so we can expect things to get worse, to, to make matters worse, because the sin that happened that they chose to do didn't just impact them, it permeated through them to all their descendants, including you and me. And it actually permeated into our creation. In fact, Paul puts it this way in Romans. He says, therefore, just as through one man, speaking of Adam, sin entered the world, and he's talking about all of creation there, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, or to all people, you and me, because all sinned. So then as through one transgression, speaking of Adam and, sin, Adam and Eve's sin, there resulted condemnation. Again, so because we sinned, we broke God's law, we're going to stand before God. He's our judge. We're the ones who have committed a crime. Even so, through one, talking about Jesus, one act of righteousness that resulted justification of, uh, of life to all men. So there is the possibility and the opportunity to have our, uh, to be declared not guilty. That's what the word justified means. But until that point, every person who's born is born with sin. And then they go on and they sin. So they're born with sin, their spirit is dead in that sense. They're separated from God. And unless God does something, because we can't take care of our own sin, just like a, a person who's committed crimes can't get themselves out of that. So we're going to be uh, left to ourselves unless God does something with that. Every person who has ever lived will eventually die. They may die of natural causes, as we say. They may die of a disease uh, that has taken over their body. They may die from somebody else making a selfish choice and killing them. They may die in an accident. But everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to face God one of these days. Everyone's going to have to pay for their sin. Again, unless they let God do something. Every relationship will have conflict. Because every one of us is self-focused. We think about ourselves. 
I mean, imagine, just anything that happens in life, our first response is, how does that affect me? What do I think of that? Think of the last, talk about this last week, think of the last uh, argument you had. For some of you, I know it was years ago. But think of the last time you had an argument. Why did you have the argument? Because you thought you knew better than the other person. The other person thought they knew better than you. That's people responding selfishly. And of course, we're going to have natural disasters, and we see national, uh, natural disasters all around us. So does God care that we have to go through these bad things? Does God care about the bad things that happen in our lives? And the answer is, yes, he cares. Because he knows, kind of going back to the first point I made at the beginning, he knows that eternity is far longer infinitely longer than our life here on earth. That there's going to be a point in time for all of us that we're going to die physically. And when we die physically, we're going to go somewhere. It's either going to be an eternity separated from God in hell, or it's going to be an eternity connected with God in relationship with God for eternity. And so he wants to use what's going on in our world, what's going on in our lives to do two things. He wants to get our attention first and foremost. And once he has our attention and once we turn to him in relationship, he wants to grow us. He wants to use it to do what he, for the purposes that he had us created in the first place. So let me uh, try to break this down for you and see what you guys think. So Paul again, Romans, he says, as it is written, now he goes all the way back to Psalms. That's why it's in capital letters. It's not yelling at us. Uh, he says, there is none righteous. Remember last week we talked about Isaiah 64 and that all of our um, righteousness, our filthy rag before God, disgusting, right? So there's none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. Nobody in and of themselves, because we're self-focused, because we're self-reliant, because we think, I got this, none of us, Seek for God. You say, well, wait, 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 wait. There's a bunch of people sitting in churches, worshiping God and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of people who say they're seeking God. But if, you were, if they were honest with you and they were to kind of define the God that they're seeking, it's not the God of the Bible. There are people who are sitting in churches today thinking that them sitting there in that church is going to get them to heaven or them paying a certain amount in the offering is going to get them to heaven or them being a member of a church is going to get them or them being a ba- you know, baptized is going to get them to heaven or speaking in tongues is going to get them to heaven or, or uh, man, what are all the other ways you can get into heaven? You know? And so they're not seeking God because the God of the Bible says you can't work for your salvation. They're seeking some other God, some other one that they define where they are self-reliant, where they do what needs to be done to get to heaven. It's not the same God of Scripture. And so left to ourselves, we're always going to say, I got this. So people want God to remove the bad things. We would love to have a life where there's no bad things, right? Right? I would love to wake up in the morning and spring right out of bed and I'm ready for the day. No, I, I get up and I'm, uh, I got, my back's all stiff and my knees are making noise and, you know, this morning I got up and said, oh man, thank the Lord and Kim for the coffee. You know, just down, you know, the whole pot, just to get going this morning. 
But if God removed the bad, if God let our lives just be good, we would continue to not seek Him. Why? Because we're so self-focused. We're so self-reliant. We, we'll think that the good stuff that's going on is because we're doing it. How do I know that? Because we think the good stuff that's going on in our lives is because of us, even now. We, we'll say the bad things because God's doing it and God's allowing it, but this good stuff, that's not God allowing it. That's me. How did you get your job? Why, Harold, I got it because I'm incredibly intellectual and smart and I have these abilities and my skill set just fit. So they hired me. Really? How did you get your house? <laughs> well, Harold, I spent a bunch of time working and I put money aside and I went to the bank and I got a mortgage and, and I'm paying it off and it's my house. Really? Your car, your clothes, your food, your breath. <laughs> I don't mean if it's good or bad. I'm talking about whether you have breath or not. Because if if your breath smelling good or bad, that is on you. That's not on God. No, I'm talking about the fact that you woke up this morning. Did you do that? A couple Bible verses from God. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. All it contains is God. And those who dwell in it, That's you and me and all our stuff. That's from God. I don't even believe in God. Isn't that awesome? That's called common grace. The Bible talks about common grace. God giving to non-believers what they need to survive even though they don't even want to consider it. It's God doing it. The next one. For every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, talking about God, with whom there is no variation or shifting of shadow. And so, everything we have, all the good stuff we have, is from God. Because He gives us breath. He gives us strength. He gives us... He could take it away from us like that if He wanted to. We're all going to die at some point. He's going to take it away from us at some point. So my, my, my point is, because we're so self-focused and so self-reliant and we think we got this, that he's got to get our attention somehow. Because we'll always think the good is from us, and it's, even though it's not, but we'll always think that way. So he uses the bad. He takes what's bad in our world and he, he shows that we're not in control Someone else is operating things. There are things that happen in our lives. Even people who say they're atheists, there will be things that happen in their lives and they're just like, but if I was honest with you, I have no clue why, how that happened, how that happened. It must have been fate. <laughs> you know, or God? No, no, it can't be God. Well, whatever the case, they realize something over and above themselves. So bad things show we need someone greater to help us. That we can't get through this life. We don't have it. And then God uses the bad things to draw people to Him for salvation. If you're, if you're a believer here this morning, what was it that drew you to Christ? Like, what was going on in your life where you got to the point where you're like, oh man, I need to reconsider who God is and what, who Jesus is and what Christ has done for me. Now, for me, I was, I was saved when I was a kid. You know, I was four years old and, 
you know, I never did anything wrong anyways, and so there's nothing bad going on in my life that would cause me to turn to Christ. It was just my dad sharing with me, and I respected my dad, and so I made a decision to follow Christ. But after I did that, later on in life, I started understanding this stuff, and I started realizing I need to really make this a personal relationship with God where I'm turning to Him and asking for His help. And, but for, for many of you, there was something bad going on in your life. There was something difficult going on in your life. There was something you couldn't handle anymore, and so you're like, well, I'm going to see what God has to say about it. And you heard about Jesus Christ, and you heard about His death on the cross, and you realize, oh... I need to have a relationship with God. So our prayer is, and why we do what we do around here at Grace Point is, if you're struggling, if you're going through bad things, whatever you consider the bad thing, that, that God's allowing that. He, he wants you to come to a place where you realize, I can't do it on my own. You've got to humble yourself and say, I can't do this on my own. And so that you will turn to Him and understand who He is, that He's your Creator, that He can be your Father. He can be the one who protects you and provides for you. He'll be the one who takes you to heaven one day when you die. And, and for you, you just need to open up your heart and your mind to that and place your faith in it. Put your trust in what God says. And when you do that, then the next thing happens of what God will do. He'll take you now in relationship with Him. He's going to do some things and use those bad things to grow you. And so, uh, we're just looking at a couple verses here. First one comes out of James. It's going to be probably uh, familiar to some of you. Uh, Consider it all joy. You know, again, it's like when James is like tongue-in-cheek. Well, consider it all joy, people, when you're going through difficult times. So consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter, this, this word encounter means you get hit by. You're going through life, life's good, boom, boom, and all of a sudden, oh, man, what in the world just hit me? In my case, it was my hand, but... So that you encounter, you get hit by various trials. What are these trials? Well, they're a testing of your faith. It's to, God allows those bad things into your life so you can show Him and everybody else that, no, I do have faith. I am going to trust you, and I'm going to respond to this the way you want me to respond. And that produces endurance, this ability to hold up under pressure, to hold up under bad things. And let endurance have its perfect result, so you may be perfect. There's the idea of mature, spiritual maturity, and complete. So you're going to show that you have this faith that you say you have, lacking in nothing. You're going to have everything that you need. Now, what happens if you're going through it and it's a big thing? You know, you've been holding up, holding up, holding up, holding up, and all of a sudden, okay, I'm not sure how this is really working. How am I growing through this? He says this. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to you. And so he's saying, hey, listen, if this is too difficult for you and you're not really getting how you're growing from this, then get with me and I'm going to show you how. I'll give you understanding. I'll give you wisdom. Wisdom, biblical wisdom, is taking what God says in the Bible and applying it to your life. So where do you need to be to find the wisdom? In the Bible. And as you study the Bible and read through it and understand it, then God begins to give you the wisdom as to how it is that this bad thing you're going through is going to help you grow spiritually. Did I tell you about the grow class that's coming up on the 23rd, September 23rd? You got a few weeks to plan for it. Sign up. Find out how to hear the Bible 
effectively read the Bible, effectively study the Bible, effectively, and other things. But we stay, we spend a lot of time on that. The next one is Romans. And uh, you're familiar with this, many of you, because we talk about this a lot around here. It says, We know that God causes all things, good things and bad things, to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, what's God's purpose for we who are believers? For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image. Remember last week, talking about the image of God? We're created in the image of God. Oh, there it is again. Become conformed to the image of his son, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And so God works all things. The good things that are in your life that he gives you, and the bad things in your life that he allows. And he allows that in there for good. He's going to work it all for good. So, now there's a couple conditions here. First of all, you have to be committed to loving God. Now, what does that mean? It seems kind of, you know, I love God. And sometimes we sing these songs about I'm falling in love with God. And we don't fall in love with God. You know, we're not dating God, right? Love, agape love is a commitment. All right? And so, no, it's not like falling in love with God. No, it's making a commitment to God. So we love God. We talk about agape love being looking out for the best of somebody else or giving to somebody what they need, but with God, he doesn't have any needs, but looking out for the best of somebody else no matter what it might cost us, the pain that it may bring us, emotional pain, physical pain, financial pain, whatever. But when we're talking about our love for God, God doesn't have any needs, so how do we love him? We love him by obeying him. We love him by not loving ourselves and doing life the way we want to do it, but by doing life the way he wants us to do it, to respond to these things the way he wants us to respond. And so if you want God to work your good and the bad out for good, you first have to be sure to do life his way. We talk about that all the time. Secondly, he talks about if you're called to his purpose. So you're in this relationship and you're called to this purpose. So you're committed to letting him do in your life what he wants to do in your life. And what is that? It's to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. Remember Genesis chapter 1. So God created man in his own image, similar to, not identical. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And so God created Adam and Eve initially perfect in his, in his image. Then they sinned and the image became distorted. But through salvation, through reconnecting with God, through faith in Jesus Christ, he begins then to restore that image so it's not so distorted. So that we begin to act more and more like God, like Adam and Eve did when they were perfect. So that's what he's doing in your life and in my life. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, wherever and whenever that happened, that's God's plan for you this point forward. If you're like, I didn't realize that when I placed my faith in Christ. Boom, now you do. So let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's make sure we understand it and, and move forward. And so through salvation then, you go to the next one. Through salvation, so through Jesus, our sin that separates us from God is removed. Jesus died on the cross. We'll talk about this in a few, in a few minutes. But he, he's the one who actually can have our sin removed for us. God, uh, God the Holy Spirit gives 
life to our spirit. And sorry, I rephrased this and I left the word through in there, so I apologize. But so God the Holy Spirit is the one who gives life to our spirit. It's a spiritual thing. It's kind of a mind-blowing type of thing. God's word, the Bible, teaches us how to live obediently. I won't say, did I remember, did I tell you about the grow class on the 23rd where we study the Bible, talk about studying the Bible. I won't say that at this point. But remember that if you're... And then God the Holy Spirit empowers us to obey what we're learning from the Bible. Just like Jesus did when he was on the earth. We are living out the image of Jesus Christ. So what was, what was Jesus doing when he was on earth? What was his purpose? Why, why did he do what he did? Well, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2. He says, For you have been called for this purpose, to experience bad things, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. That means being conformed to his image. So if, you, if you're going to be conformed to his image, you're going to act like Jesus did in the midst of being persecuted, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. He's pulling it out from the Old Testament in Isaiah. And while being reviled, being made fun of and mocked, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. But what did he do? He kept entrusting himself. So if you can kind of have this picture of what happened after the crucifixion, every time someone punched him, every time someone spit on him, every, every time something happened, he kept entrusting, kept entrusting, kept entrusting. That's what the word means. It's over and over and over and over. Kept entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. He's talking about God. And he's saying, he kept saying God, God has good in this. I know God has good in this. And my death is going to be, bring good. God has something. He just kept on reminding himself. So what good could have come uh, from, from Jesus, God the Son, who's perfect, who shouldn't have been on that cross? What good could have come from that? And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Again, this idea of being conformed to the image of Jesus. For by his wounds you were healed. We are healed from the impact of sin. For you are continually straying like sheep, straying from God. Why? Because nobody seeks for God in and of themselves. But now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Talking about God, the one who created us in his image. So Jesus demonstrated his love for God and for us. He endured the bad of the cross for our good. And now as those who are followers of Christ, those who want to live in the image of Christ, to reflect Jesus back to others, we work through the bad, live through the bad as the way God wants us to in order to draw others to him for salvation. Then as others see us, Reflecting Jesus back, living like Jesus did, it's going to draw them to us, and we're going to be able to share with them who Jesus is. I mean, what drew you to Jesus if it wasn't him dying on the cross? That the God of the universe would die on the cross for you. That's what ultimately drew us. And so us doing the same thing, going through the bad situations. Listen, perspective is everything. We're going to face bad situations. But if we can have a perspective that God is using that, if you're not a believer, he's using it to draw you to him so you can be in relationship with him. And, it, but it, and if you've made that decision already, that he's doing it so you can become more and more like Jesus. You can reflect Jesus more and more so others will be drawn to him. Listen, if God didn't care 
When we said, I got this, he says, hey, you have it. If God didn't care, he wouldn't have done what he did by having God the Son put on flesh and dying the cross for us. He would just let us go. And you know what? Because he's a just God, he could have just let us all go. But because he's a loving God, a caring God, he did what was necessary for us to have that relationship with him. So our takeaways are pretty obvious this morning. The first one is this. Again, if, if you're somebody who has not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you don't have that relationship, you know that you're separated from him, then your takeaway is, is just real obvious. Man, take what God has given you. He's given you the opportunity for salvation. And all that means is for you to have a conversation with him and just say, hey, look, God, I know that I'm a sinner and I know I'm separated from you and I need you. I need your forgiveness. And but I also know that Jesus died on the cross, and I believe that. He died on the cross for my sin. He took my place. And I ask you just, forgive me my sin, and I'm trusting in Christ. That's, that's a conversation that you can have with God, right here, right now, your heart to God's heart, and just be honest and open and humble and receive what he's given you. If you've made that decision, then for you, are you spending the necessary time with God to gain wisdom, to know how to grow through what you're going through? Which means you need to be in his word. And I know I say that probably every week, but it's, it, it should not even be something I have to say. That his wisdom comes from time in his word. And so each and every day, being in his word, understanding what he's saying, letting him teach us how that's impacting our lives. And then it's also found in his people. There's a reason why God brings us together as a church family to worship together, study the Bible together. It's to worship him, but to worship him through also encouraging each other and helping each other and sharing our stories with people. I'll guarantee you, whatever bad thing you're going through right now, there is somebody in their church who has already gone through that bad thing. And has done it the way God wants him to do it and it will have some wisdom for you but you'll never know that if you're not connecting in and again Thursday night Bible studies is a key one we have the adult group that goes on and the ladies adult group goes on and, but these are times for us to talk and, and find each other's stories and encourage each other listen bad things are going to happen like having a cold they're going to happen but understand that God is using those to draw us to him for salvation. And those of us who made a decision, he's done it for us to become more like Christ and reflect him to others so they can place their faith in Christ. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> so good to be able to come to your word and, and have you explain to us what's going on in our lives. We get so distracted and so overwhelmed by what's going on. Our bodies get tired and our heads get foggy and uh, it's hard to kind of even stay focused on what's true and what's not and we're, we're very emotional and we are emotion driven and Lord there's some things that people are going through that are really hard Lord I pray that this message today would have been a, a huge encouragement Lord I, if there's anybody in, our, in the room here Lord that doesn't know you that they would give their life to you and those who have done that, who may be struggling. They would spend the time with you necessary. They would get with other believers and experience your wisdom and understanding and comfort through that. 
in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for coming. Have a great week and represent Christ well.